0: Yep, church is done. Time to go. (laughs) Our scripture reading for today, the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord will not let your foot be moved. The one who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil and will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I mentioned this before I left on vacation a few weeks ago, but we were recently out in Colorado in the mountains at, at family camp up in the mountains uh, at Rainbow Trail. And as per usual, it was a great week, it was a wonderful week, a lot of really fun stuff went on. And one of my favorite things to do there is always to have just conversations with people. You know, this was summer number 17 of going there and some of the people there we've known for that entire time. And conversations are great. Now. This one conversation that I had with somebody is an individual who's actually familiar with some of my preaching. They've watched some of the videos, so they've heard my sermons before. And they look at me, and they said, Scott, we got to ask. You talk about really weird stuff. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. They're like, do your people like that? And I said, well, you know, I'll I'll have to ask them. (laughs) So... Hopefully you do. <laughs> but they they asked they're like, "Well, but where, where do you where do you come up with these different ideas, these things that you t- talk about?" Because you know, I admittedly, yes, my opening examples are all over the map. Sometimes I think maybe they're fairly on point and fairly common, and sometimes I pull something out of left field that's really weird. So, so hopefully you like them. But but they asked, "But why do you do that?" And I said, "Well, you know, I want I want to have everyone know that the action of God, the things that point us towards God, and that, that can really spark off a, a moment within our, our life of faith, it, it can come from anywhere. That you don't just have to be in this room to to see the presence of God and to to witness things that God might be up to. So so that's why I do that. And they're like, okay. And that was the end of that conversation. But But I thought that was worth mentioning because we never know where we're going to begin to see evidence of the presence of God. Now, something else also happened at Rainbow that, that got me thinking and that has sort of been in the back of my mind for the last couple of weeks. And it happened at early morning communion. Now, during the course of the week, On two mornings, we meet, whoever wants to gather, we meet at like 7 a.m., and we go up to what they call the ball field, which is basically just this open little spot there on the side of the mountain, and we have a communion service together, and it's wonderful. Now, every single time that this happens, at 7 a.m., it's really bright because the sun is just coming up to the east, so I always stand with my back to the east, and that's down the mountain. And so I find myself looking up. at at the side of the mountain while we're having it. Well, this particular morning, I was looking up a couple hundred yards up the mountain, and there were two trees that were sort of side by side that I could see, and I was looking at them. And I could also see a shape between those two trees. And it was far enough away I couldn't quite tell what it was. It was this kind of light brown color, and that's really all I could see. And I was just sort of looking at it, and I'm like, that could be a number of different things, this shape that I'm looking at right now. It could be a tree stump, but it didn't really look like the right color. So I didn't really think that's what it was. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it's an animal, because there's some animals around there. I thought, maybe it's a deer. And I looked some more, and I'm like, no, that's really not the right shade of brown. I don't think that's a deer. So I watched a little bit more, and I'm like, well, there's bears around. Could it be a bear up there? And it wasn't really the right color for a bear either. I thought, well, it's really rare, but there's also mountain lions around. Very, very rarely, but they can be there. And I'm like, I wonder if that's a mountain lion. And I kept watching to see, is it going to move or not? And during that service, it never moved. Folks, it was probably a tree. But I don't know. And so as I thought about that, I thought about, I wonder what that is. It also reminded me of something else that I've heard. When you are in the mountains, it is a fair assumption that any given moment, there's at least one pair of eyes on you. It might be a person, but it's probably an animal of some sort. And even though we don't tend to think about, I could be in danger, it's always possible. And I sort of carried that idea in the back of my head through that day. Until that night. Now, TMI warning, but when we're in the mountains, I drink a lot of water because I don't want to get elevation sickness. And that tends to coalesce in the middle of the night when I wake up and there's a call of nature, if you know what I mean. And so, well, I could put my shoes on and traipse off to the bathhouse, or I could find a handy tree. Guess what I was doing? I found a handy tree. And as I sat there, I'm like, it's really dark, and there are woods all around me. If that mountain lion wanted to come out of the woods and grab me, no one would know. Well, clearly it didn't happen. But here's that idea. Danger can come out of nowhere. And what do we do in situations like that. Fortunately, yeah, yeah, I didn't get snatched by an animal. It was OK. But, but it's this idea of, of what do we do when we find ourselves in a moment where we need help, or where maybe we're in danger, or we don't know what's going on. Well, I think we kind of probably all do the very same thing. Maybe it's human nature that when we are faced with a situation we don't know what to do, we all throw our heads back, and we look up, and it's like, what am I going to do now? Right? We all do that, right? And I don't know what we're looking at. Maybe we're looking at God. Maybe we're just looking out at the universe like something, please help me. I think that idea, that basic idea is lying underneath the psalm, Psalm 121. And so, okay, now all of that out of the way, how about we actually talk about that? Now, the psalms are attributed to a guy named David. And David was the second king of Israel. He was born... a or he became king, actually, about 950 years before Jesus. And he's considered to be the greatest king that Israel had. He went a long ways in in really bringing all the different tribes of Israel together into one kingdom. He finished the work that his predecessor had started with that. David was considered to be a great military leader. Uh, That was really what he became known for initially. Uh, But he was also known as a king after God's own heart. Uh, A really faithful, faithful individual who tried his best to follow God the entire time. And whether he actually wrote them or not, maybe that's irrelevant, but the Psalms, or many of the Psalms, are attributed to David. And when I think about this one, Psalm 121, I think it probably harkens back to his early days, if you don't know, when he was very, very young, he was a shepherd and he cared for his father's flocks. Now, David was the youngest of like six or seven brothers, and so uh, he got the, the fun job of being the shepherd. And he would be leading the flocks out in the wilderness in and around the area of Jerusalem and, and Bethlehem, which are kind of neighboring communities. Now, if you're not familiar with the terrain around that area, it's very, very rolling and rocky. And they they say that they're mountains, uh, that, and maybe think of mountains like the Appalachians. They're not great big high peaks like the, uh, the rocky that we might think of. But you get these high, high rocky hills and these deep, dark, rocky valleys. And that's what he would be going around in. And just like I had the thought in the mountains of you never know how many eyes are on you at any given time, David probably would have experienced the same thing. He would have been uh, facing dangers of... Animals that want to come after the flocks, predators of that sort. He could be facing the, the danger of, of people who want to rob him or, or steal the flocks. And just the general dangers that could be going on in life. And when he would face those times, I wonder if David did the exact same thing. And He would throw his head back and he would look, where is my help going to come from? And what would he see? When he looked up, he would see those high mountains. I look up and I see the mountains that have been created. Or he sees the expanse of the sky above them. If it's nighttime, he sees the multitude of stars out there. And he remembers the God who made the heavens and the earth has promised to always be with me. That promise that I'm never really alone, even in the times when it might feel like it. Now, I think that those promises that were made to David, the promises that David held on to, the promises inherent in this psalm that we have today are true for us as well because we have also been claimed by God, and the promises that we are never alone. As I was thinking about all of this, I also got to thinking about our gospel lesson just a little bit that Tanya read for us. When we hear this exchange between Jesus and and Peter, and this is a moment that's kind of known as the, the office of the keys when Jesus tells Peter that anything that you forgive on earth will be forgiven and anything you withhold on earth will be withheld in heaven. And it reminds me that Peter's being invited into the work of, of ministry. Not only is he receiving the ministry and, and the faith that he has in Jesus, but he's being invited into that work, and we are too. We share in that same promise that Peter had. We share in the same promises that David had, that God has claimed us, that God has forgiven the brokenness and the sin that's a part of every single one of us, and then God puts us to work. Like, it doesn't just happen in here, we're called to take it out there. The more I think about all of this, and I think about the idea of, am I alone, am I not alone, I also remember the importance of community. And this is something that I think is inherent in why we gather, why we show up here on Sunday mornings to hear the word, to, to worship God together, to remember that we're not in this life by ourselves. We collectively are the body of Christ, and we join with all of the body of Christ around the world, and we are called to carry the message of Christ out into the world so that whenever we look upon another person, we remember that is another beloved child of God. And I get to share this message of joy and peace and forgiveness and love with them. So what do we do when we face danger? Well, we look up and we see evidence of the one who made all of this in the first place. And we remember that when God was making all this really cool stuff, like mountains and plains and the sky and the rivers and the lakes and the valleys and all of that stuff, God also looked and said, you know, this world would be even better if there's one of you in it. God loves you. God cares for you, and God will never abandon you.